0: and hope, and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Father, thank you for your word. We ask that it would change us, and sharpen us, and help us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Open your Bible to John chapter 2. I want to talk about a mother's miracle today. The Bible says in John 2 verse 1, The third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. What's Jesus' mom's name? Everybody say it. Mary. That's correct. So Mary was there, verse 2. And both Jesus was called, Jesus was invited, and his disciples to the marriage. I found Jesus will go just about anywhere he's invited, Amen. but oftentimes doesn't go where he's not. Verse 3. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto them, They have no wine. So Mary looks at Jesus. It says, Jesus, they're out of wine, verse 4, and Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? What, what does this have to do with me? And when he says woman, that's not a disrespectful term. It's actually uh, almost like a salutation that they would use in the original language of greeting somebody that's uh, a grown woman. And he says, my hour is not yet come yet, is not yet come. Verse 5. His mother says to the servants, whatever he said unto you, do it. I want to talk about a mother's miracle today because mothers have an incredible opportunity and an incredible way of increasing the output of their offspring. They have a way of pulling what is inside of them out so that uh, they can become better Now Jesus knew exactly what was inside of him But for the sake of the story I want to talk about how Mary was able to expedite Or accelerate the will of God uh, In this situation Because Jesus specifically says He says my hour is not yet come yet It is not time for me to begin to operate But Mary pays no attention to what is said Now I remember personally Growing up I grew up, I had, I had a bit of a, a, a drug problem, uh, maybe you guys don't know that, uh, but I had a bit of a drug problem, I struggled with it uh, for many, many years, uh, what it was is my parents would get me out of bed and they drug me to church every day, praise the Lord, that was my drug problem, we went to church every time the doors were open and my parents had a key which meant we always went. We went to church on Sunday, we went to church on Sunday night, we went to church on Monday. I, the school that I, that I went to most of, the, most of my life was close enough to the church that I was, uh, I didn't oftentimes get picked up from school, I walked to church after school. Because, uh, for a season there, my parents were the youth directors. My mom was the youth director at our church. But even before that, before they were any kind of a staff situation, they were volunteering at every single thing. So I would walk from school to church and I would see my mom and she would typically, uh, let me have a bag of chips or, you know, get a drink and kind of have a snack. And it was a great time. And we would, it was great because the, the playground, we had a playground and, yeah, we just had a lot of fun, but the day would go by, and I would do my homework, and then uh, I would go after that. As soon as I got done with my homework, I would go help the family because the family had different businesses. So I would go whichever area needed help the most, and I would be uh, dispatched to that area. I would go, and then we would go home, and we would eat, and then we would go to bed, and we would wake up. And we would do it all over again, and that was my life. And I remember so many times things like this would happen. There was a courtyard in the middle of this church. Like the, the church was built with a courtyard in the middle of it. It's very beautiful. And it was a prayer garden. Had, a, had an awesome bell in the middle of the courtyard, if I remember right. And you could ring the bell. But if you rung the bell, you had to run really fast because the bell also had a bunch of red wasps in it. So you would ring it and run. It was an R&R type of bell. And I remember one day I was at my mom's, I was in my mom's office, I'd gotten there after school and everything was wonderful, and somebody comes by and says, you know what we really need to do? We ought to clean up that prayer garden. And I'm sitting there eating my Cheetos, paying no attention to anything or anybody, and my mom goes, we sure do, Brian will help you with that. And I thought, I didn't raise my hand. I didn't volunteer. Me and my Cheeto stained fingers did not volunteer to help with this. Many other times we would be, I remember we would have spaghetti dinners. And the reason a lot of churches have spaghetti dinners is because spaghetti is like one of the cheapest things on the planet that you can make. So what we would do is we would have these spaghetti dinners and my mom and dad, we would get there, we would cook the spaghetti and, and, and the other people, that it was, there was plenty of people there helping, but we were always there. And then me and my brothers, I'm one of three, we would be serving the spaghetti. Or most of the time, they didn't trust us to dump the spaghetti on the plate. So we would be the plate handers or the napkin hander or the go get some more ice somethings. You know, we weren't typically, you know, important enough to put the spaghetti on the plate. But we would get done. And once everybody had their spaghetti, now mom would say, all right, get you some spaghetti and go eat. And I'm like, praise the name of the Lord. Because the whole time that we're passing out spaghetti, I'm counting down how many garlic rolls are left. (laughs) The line is 857 miles long and there's like three garlic rolls. And I'm sitting there trying to like put a blanket over them or put a napkin over them. I'm like, you wouldn't want them. They're probably stale anyway, praise the Lord. I finally get to the end. We've served everybody, so now we get to eat, praise the Lord. And mom's like, all right, it's time for you to eat. And I go and I get my spaghetti. I'm about to get some garlic bread. And I go to grab me a second roll. And mom says, don't you want everybody to have one? And I looked her right in the face and said, no, I don't. And I grabbed another one. (laughs) Put that back. I sneezed on it. She goes, it's holy bread. Okay. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I go sit down to eat our... uh, my spaghetti in the fellowship hall and everybody's sitting there and now everybody's sitting back in that, you know, uh, the, 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 the evening had shifted from everybody eating to now it was like the toothpicking time of the situation. Everybody's sitting back in their, their deal and you could see a couple people going and helping pick up plates and everything. And, and I'm just sitting, I'm like, man, this spaghetti's so good. And all of a sudden, mom and dad come and sit down and we're all eating together and we're like, man, this is pretty good stuff. And somebody goes, man, we need to pick these tables and chairs up. Mom didn't miss a beat. Brian will help you with that. I didn't lift my garlic-stained hand and say a mother will pull out of you what you might not even know is there. There was never a time where something came up and my mom said somebody else should handle that. She was always volunteering us. And here's the situation. Jesus certainly knows everything. He's the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is God incarnate walking around in flesh. So every time you see somebody talking to Jesus in the Bible, it is a form of prayer. In other words, what actually happened is Mary hears about a problem and instantly takes it to God. Jesus, her son. She didn't take it to the person that couldn't help. She didn't take it to the people who didn't have enough money to go buy some more wine. She didn't take it and and go over to the water cooler because there was no more wine cooler and begin to talk with her friends and family and go, you know what, if they were really going to have a shindig, they should have planned a little bit better. I mean, this is a little bit embarrassing. They could have gone to Sam's, praise the Lord, and gotten to something else to drink. This is a little bit. No, she didn't complain. She didn't murmur. She took her. The Bible says it like this. Cast your care upon him i think a lot of us are continually going through things because we're casting our cares on the wrong person we're casting sometimes we're casting our cares on the mirror Trying to determine and, and discern why are we constantly having all these problems when the reality is, is we can just look to the author and the finisher of our faith. We can fling our cares on him. It doesn't overwhelm him. It doesn't weigh him down. On the contrary, it puts us back in that right position, that right pace, that right opportunity in life. Somebody say, a mother's miracle. A, mother's miracle. a mother can constantly pull out of you what you might not even know is there. Brian will do that was a staple in my childhood. But it has become a way of life for me now. You see, what's interesting about children is the Bible says that they will grow up, they will rise up, and they will call you blessed. The difference is, it is a reverse of what you're doing now if you're still raising them. See, you're calling them bless. When they don't believe in themselves, you're saying, no, baby, you can do that. When they don't feel like they're smart enough, you're saying, no, you have the mind of Christ. When they don't feel like they can make it, you're telling them, no, no, if you don't quit, you're going to make it. You just keep on. See, what happens is is the whole thing reverses when they finally get older. But the thing is, as a child, and I can speak to this because I I am one of my own mom, you don't even realize what they're putting in you until you get to the place that you can say, say whoa some of that stuff stuck mom don't get tired of giving us good information moms don't get tired of telling them to brush their teeth they will thank you one day Mom, don't get tired of telling them to be polite, to be kind. Don't get tired of telling them to sit up straight. Don't get tired of telling, them to look somebody in the face at a job interview. Don't get tired of telling them, I don't care if it's a math test, you do your best. Don't get tired of telling them, I'm not raising your friends, I am raising you. I'm not interested in what your friends are doing, I'm interested in what you are doing. Don't get tired of telling them, I believe in you and that's enough. Don't get tired of telling them, I know you can do it because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Don't get tired of telling them that God will make a way for them where there was no way. Don't get tired of telling them that the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has not gone to sleep on their dreams, that he will bring them to pass. Don't get tired of telling them because mom, you are pulling miracles out of them day by day and moment by moment. You might not even get to see them before you go to heaven, but trust me before God, those kind of things echo through all eternity, among mother can pull miracles out of her offspring. Somebody give God a hand of praise for all the mothers in the house. A mother can pull you and stretch you. A mother can convince you of things. The lady that we read about earlier says, Hey, hey, hon, I, I was thinking about adding on to the house. It never crossed his mind. But as soon as she said it, A mother can convince you of things. She says to all the servants, she says, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. And there were set six water pots made of stone, which means they were heavy, after the manner of purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Now, a firkin is a measurement that we don't use today, but... One firkin of water is exactly half of two firkins of water. <laughs> One firkin of water is 30 gallons, six pots. It's 180 gallons of water. Or may I say it differently? 1,440 pounds that somebody had to carry and fill up these pots. The Scripture says, Jesus spoke to them and says, Fill the water pots. And they filled them up to the brim. And He said unto them, Now draw out and bear unto the governor or the ruler or the leader of the feast. And they bear it. They took some to Him. And the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made into wine. But get this. But he knew not where it was, from whence it was. He didn't know where it came from because he knew he was out of wine. But the servants which drew the water knew. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and said unto them, Every man at the beginning does set forth good wine. And when everybody's had enough to drink, then that which is worse he puts out. But you have kept the good wine until now. Somebody say now. There's a lot to be unpacked here. But the critical factor that I want to point out is they come and they fill up 180 gallons of water. The Bible says that Jesus turned all of it into wine. But we don't have any record of him turning anything else to wine. In other words, Jesus changed everything that was brought to him and nothing that was not brought to him. Jesus, if you want him to change something in your life, mom, if you want him to change something in your life, then you've got to bring it to him because the instant that we bring it to him is the instant he can touch it and make a change and shift the whole situation. The Bible says that they take and they they get a cup of this wine and they dip it out of the pot and they carry it over to the governor or the ruler of the feast and they say, hey, taste this. And he tastes it and he goes, whoa, this is some good vino. Most people, they bring out the expensive stuff in the beginning and they leave the garbage for later. But you guys have saved the best for now. Somebody say now. The reason now is so important is because it didn't say you save the best for last because we never know when last is. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We just know he's coming back. We don't know when our day nor our time is going to be called, but we do know it's going to happen one day. So we don't know when last is, but we know when now is. That means God has prepared for you his very best right now. Somebody say now. That means if you're sick in your body, the healing that was purchased on Calvary's rugged cross is available to you right now. Somebody say now. That means when your children are away from God and you know that they're struggling with different things, you can call on Jesus Christ and He can go and reach into your child's situation, grab them up, pull them back into the fold of Christianity and you can know that salvation is not for tomorrow. Salvation is not just from yesterday. Salvation is for this very second. Salvation is for right now. God doesn't save the best for last. He's got the best right now. Everything that you're believing God for is available right now. That doesn't mean that your future won't be better, but you'll still have the best you've ever had right now. You say, how can I have the best I've ever had? I'm going through everything. I'm telling you, you're going through everything. But the peace of God that surpasses your understanding has not vacated your situation. The peace of God is available right now. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, we stand on it, we believe it until we see it, but we know that we know that we know that this God that we serve serves the very best for now. You say, I used to have such a great relationship with my children and something happened. I'm sorry it happened, but I'm telling you, God can make that relationship the best it's ever been even now. You can look and see him move in your life, shift in your life, but the best things are available right now, somebody say now. Yeah. I find it very interesting too because the guy takes a glass of the wine and he takes a drink. And the Bible says he doesn't know where it came from. But the servants that went and got the water knew. In other words, the first touch team got to see the miracle that everybody else was experiencing so many things happen when you uh serve in the parking team or you serve as an usher you serve god help us the, the one of the most powerful places in the children's ministry just rocking little sweet babies and praying over them and loving them so that moms and dads can come and be fed the word of god these are things that listen there's no way to describe the miracles that happen but when you put your hand to the plow next to other believers you get to see the miracle. You don't carry 1,440 pounds worth of water and put it in a stone pot without having some kind of effect on you. And there's nothing like a foxhole to draw people together. Everybody's against one another until somebody starts shooting at us. And now all of our differences evaporate and we just become closer. You see, the miracles are experienced most of the time by everybody, but those that draw the water get to see it take place. It's my prayer almost constantly that I go before the Lord and I say, Lord, don't let me miss something because I'm looking at something else. I want to be involved in the situation. I don't want to just hear about miracles. And I do want to hear about miracles. I want to see them. I want people to come in this building and the stain and the stench of sin to be washed off of their, uh, washed off of themselves and they walk out of here a new creation. I don't want to just hear about people getting saved. I want to be a part of people getting saved. God, where are the pots and where is the water? I want to go get what you've called me to get but I don't want to ever get complacent in the idea of go, wow look at all these miracles and have no concept how they're coming to pass a mother's miracle go fill up 180 gallons of water and watch what my son will do there's another lady in the old testament named Rebecca and when her husband when somebody came to find her for her husband, the Bible says that there was 10 camels and they were all thirsty. And the guy that was looking said, whoever will water these camels, not the person who sits back, not the person who sits on their thumbs all the time, not the person who sits on their couch watching Oprah all day, believing God for a job when they've never filled out a job application. Can I get a big amen? amen? He said he will bless the work of our hand. Yeah. That means we go and put our hand to the plow. That means we're the best employee. That means we show up early. Somebody say amen. That means if necessary, we stay late. That means they don't have to wonder if we're stealing time on the time clock. That means they don't have to wonder if we're using the expense account the wrong way. That means they don't have to wonder if we're representing the company well. That means they don't have to wonder if we're grateful for our job because we're setting the standard. We're those that we don't just hear about the miracle. We see how the whole thing comes to pass because we're the first ones to put our hand to the plow. Why? We are Christians. We are the leaders in this region, this realm, this society, and we represent a kingdom that doesn't even function like the world. The world's constantly looking, saying, what have you done for me lately? And we're looking, saying, what can I do for you? It is a completely different mind shift. It's a completely different mentality when you begin to stop thinking about how everybody's done you wrong and you start trying to figure out how can I do people right. So how do you do this? You do it just like Jesus said. You just go get pot after pot after bucket after ladle. And then when the time is right, Jesus himself will bless the work of your hand. Come on, somebody give God a hand of praise this morning. The servants get to see the miracle. Verse 10. Every man brings out the best at the beginning, but you didn't do that. You saved the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles, verse 11, did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth His glory, and His disciples believed on Him. Somebody say believe. Believe. There are people that are watching you, and they need to see God perform in your life, because when they do... They will believe. The favor, anointing, and blessing of God on your life is nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be hesitant to discuss. It's nothing to be hesitant to make known. Because when people understand that it was God Almighty that did it, you say, why do you live in this town? Well, you know, you got two different stories. You've got your Christian story, then you've got your story for the other people. And you go, the Christian story is like, God, just let us here and praise the Lord. It's wonderful. And then all of a sudden, we have our other side of the story where we begin to uh, uh, almost, almost uh, censor it. Oh, I just moved here for work. There was jobs where you were. If God brought you here... Come on, somebody ought to tell them, God brought me here. If God changed your life, healed your marriage, saved your relationship, if God blessed you, look, I I found a lot of times God will give you just as much success as you're willing to give Him. Because if you begin to take it, that's when the oil comes off because the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow there is some other opportunity out there that will bring riches but it's piled up with sorrows with it the instant that we stop giving God credit is the instant that the lack of sorrows is no longer available there's something about being a servant and mothers They, I don't know if it's natural if it's supernatural but you guys just do it but if you're here today Maybe your mom's in heaven already. Maybe your mom's here. Maybe your mom couldn't make it. But Can I just tell you what your mom wants for you more than anything else? In the whole world. Mary makes it real clear. The ultimate mother, the mother of Jesus. God looked the earth over and said... Who can I get to raise my son? And this was the lady that he picked. She looks at the servants, that's me and you, and she says, Whatever my Jesus says, do it. It's a simple statement, but its depth is immeasurable. Whatever Jesus says, do it. The wonders that He has planned for your life are so immense we couldn't fill them in all the books of the earth. But somebody's got to get the water. Somebody's got to wake up Monday morning And say, I'm not going to let the troubles of this world get on top of me. On the contrary, my God's going to get on top of the troubles of this world. Whatever he says, do it. My children often ask me, especially my son. Dad, what's the most important thing God said? It's a great question. Jesus was asked that question. What's the most important commandment, Jesus? And he answered it this way. He said, love God. With all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Love God with everything you have. He said, but I won't just give you one. I'll give you two. Number two. He said, love people like you love yourself. Whatever he says, do it. (laughs) There are certain things we have to dissect. There are certain things that we need to really get to the root of the matter. But when it comes to obeying God and following after the things of God, whatever He says. If He says, go get water, fill it up to the brim. Because you don't want to fill it halfway up and then Jesus touches it. Because you will have missed out on 50% of what God was looking to bless. If you go to this church, this is your church. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to join the church here in a minute. If that's you and you've never joined our First Touch team... Make sure, join our First Touch team. How do I do it? Stop by the tent. I'll be there. You can talk to me. I'll point you in the right direction. It's the servants that see the miracles. It's the We. It's those who are pulling the wagon that see the miracle of the wagon moving. My wife and I, we moved here over five years ago now. We didn't know one human being in this town. We just knew God told us to go. And when God speaks, there are only two options. Obedience or disobedience. Obedience brings the blessing. Disobedience means you take another lap. Did you ever have a coach like that? Anybody ever play sports? Yeah, you do it wrong. Take a lap. Whatever He says, do it. And don't do it halfway. Church, I know it's Mother's Day. We're going to close in prayer in just a minute. But the front pages of our newspapers are reading like the back pages of our Bible. This thing will draw to a close before long. I don't know if it'll be in our generation or not, but what I do know... Is Jesus Christ the Son of God Will split the eastern sky one day He will set his Galilean foot On the Mount of Olives Those who know him and are alive Will be caught up to meet him in the sky Will see all those who've died before us It'll be a great day of victory For everybody who knows him But it'll be a terrible day for those who don't The Bible says there will be wars In the last days Wars Rumors of war Are we seeing that every day? Says there will be pestilences. Said there will be famine. Said there will be earthquakes in odd places, like tectonic plates moving and shifting under Hawaii and making volcanoes erupt. I would still go to Hawaii while the thing was exploding. I don't care. I want to see the beach. But what I'm saying is. Tepid Christianity, halfway Christianity, will get you. You will not receive the fullness of what God has for you. And we are not living in a time to be playing games. I tell my children, checkers is a game. Hopscotch is a game. But living for the Lord Jesus Christ, not a game. We are serious about what we're about. Come on, if you know it, help me say it. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. We're not playing about it. And it's those who are pulling the wagon that get to see the miraculous take place. Everybody else will go, Oh, praise God, look at New Heights Church. They did good. Oh, they painted their building. Isn't that cute? Praise God. But the first touch team those who are pulling the wagon, they go. No, you don't know. We went through five miracles just to get to buy, be able to buy that building. There was ten miracles before my son even came to church. There was twenty-five miracles before my cousin came to church. There was a hundred miracles before miracle. The servants will sit. Man, I feel God when I say it. The servants will see the miracles. Can I just say this too? Moms, you're authorized to volunteer your offspring. I don't know if I got it all right, but I'm in church. I don't don't know if I got it all together. The Lord's still working on some things, but I know this much. It never crosses my mind. Oh, there's a problem. Somebody ought to do something about that. I still hear my mom's voice. Brian will help with that. We got done the other day playing baseball. My son, you gotta stand to your feet, I'm done teaching. My son is are you nine? He's nine. He pitched for his first time in a real game the other day. In three innings, he struck out eight people. Very humble. He got the game winning hit after telling them, I'm about to hit it and that guy's going to score. He just, I don't, I don't want to say it anyway. I have the microphone. That's why I can talk about my kids. I hope you speak about your kids. They're special because they belong to you. My children are special because they belong to me, me and Crystal. We get done with the game and literally everybody is coming up to him. He's getting phone calls. Everybody, oh my gosh. He just had just a, an amazing game. And I'm standing there talking to one of our assistant coaches who's a great guy. And uh, we're just talking about loving the Lord and just all the things that you would think. We're talking about how good God's been to our families. And he turns around and all the other kids are gone. And he says, No way. I said, What? I said, Your little boy just won the whole game for us. And he's out there dragging the infield by himself. It's the servants' church that see the miracles. And I'm not saying, like I said, this is not me talking about me. This is just, we got to tell stories and I only know my own. But your children will do what they see. Mom, they're going to do it even if it doesn't act like they're hearing it. You just keep right on. Just nudging them along. Nudging them Gentle as you need to be. Firm as you have to be. (laughs) You just keep nudging them along. It's the servants that see the miracle. Everybody say, A mother's, A mother's Miracle. Bow your head and close your eyes, please. If you're here today and you're not right with God, your mom wants more than anything else for you to know Jesus Christ. If she's here today, if she's in heaven, if she's miles away, it's almost as if she would whisper in your ears and say, Whatever Jesus says, do it. Well, here's what Jesus said. He says, If you'll repent of your sins, you can be saved. You can be born again. He'll wash your slate clean. Mom, if that's you, and your son or your daughter brought you here today, the greatest miracle you could ever experience is letting your children see you serve God. If you've never said yes to Jesus, the redemption that is available is overwhelming, breathtaking, and will change your life. If you've never said yes to Jesus, or you say it differently, you say, I used to walk strong but I'm backslidden I'm like the prodigal son and I know I need to rekindle the relationship that I have with God if that's you and you want to give your life to God today for the first time or maybe give it back to Him if that's you and I count to three I want you to lift your hand and with an uplifted hand you're just saying oh God remember me and He really will one, two, three lift your hands I see that hand I see that hand God bless you sir I see that hand praise the Lord I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. Praise the Lord. Is there anyone else? Don't leave here the same. This is not a normal place. This is the house of God. I see that hand. This is where God comes to change us. It's where we come to be changed. Is there anyone else? We're about to pray. If that's you and you lifted your hand or if you wanted to lift your hand, pray this prayer after me. Matter of fact, church, help us pray. Say this. Say, Oh God, I come to you now, and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I repent of my sins. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. (laughs) Praise God. Happy birthday to all of you who got born again. If that's you and you made that decision, fill that card out and drop it by the tent. We'll get some information to you to let you know some things about living for God. But here's the big one. Be at the discipleship class next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Goes on during this service right here. It's going to be all about provision. How God provides for his children. Very powerful, powerful class. And I want you to know being discipled in God is not optional in the body of Christ. It's what he's called us to do. He wants us to know more about Him because the more we know about Him, the further along we go. In Jesus' name. Give God another big hand for all those. You're here today and you've never joined our church. But you know, listen, it's the servants that will see the miracles. And the reality is we exist to love people and pour them to Christ. But you know people we don't know. So we need your help to reach this region with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need your help bringing people to church where I promise you we're going to sing the praises of God and then we're going to preach the gospel to the best of our ability. But if you're here today and you've never joined our church, but you know this is the house for you. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. A big, tall, mighty oak tree withers and dies if it's uprooted because anything that's going to grow has to be planted. If you get planted in this house, every blessing that's on this house comes on your family. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you to the front. But we do just want to celebrate with you. If that's you, it's your first time here, or maybe you've been coming for weeks, but you know this is the place for you to call home. When I count to three, lift your hand and just let us say we love you. One, two, three. Lift your hand tall and bold. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you over here. God bless you. 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 Praise the Lord. Anybody else? We love you. Listen. Even if you filled that card out a hundred times, fill it out one more time for me, please. Mark on there you'd like to be a member and drop it by the tent. We want to make sure and get you the information about our church. Plus, I'll be there, and I would love to meet you. If it's your first time here, I'd love to say hello uh, to you at the tent. And certainly, if you're joining the church, I'd love to welcome you to our church family. Happy Mother's Day. Give God one more hand of praise. I just sense a strong move today. Let me pray a blessing on you. Lift your hands just as a sign of surrender and receiving what God has. That's one of the reasons we lift that. We lift our hands. Father, for all those who are joining the church, I pray that you would bless them coming in. Bless them going out. Let health and prosperity be the standard in their life according to your perfect will. Found in the in Third John 2. I pray, Lord God, that you would increase them. I pray that they would be a partaker of every grace that's on this house. I thank you, Lord God, for this great church. Now for every person under the sound of my voice. I pray, Lord God, that you would increase them. That you would make them the head, not the tail. Bless them in the city and the field. This day and every day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. See you Wednesday. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.